1 John chapter 3. Amen. We're going to read a passage of scripture. Amen. Pretty familiar passage. Amen. I want to read it, and I really just want to take it as a foundation of uh, what the Lord's been, if I can just be transparent, what the Lord's been talking to me about, and uh, hopefully that'll make a little bit more sense uh, here in a minute. But 1 John chapter 3, begin reading at verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we sh- when, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. What is the hope? The hope is that when we see him, we'll be like him. And every man that has this hope will purify himself. It's not necessarily what I'm going to teach about tonight. Amen. But, but getting to the place where we are like him is not all on him. Amen. I'm going to move on now. <laughs> Whosoever committed sin... Uh, Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And we know that he was man, and we know that he was manifested, speaking of Christ, to take away the sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children that let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. And all of the beginning of that was to bring some context. I really want to focus on the last part of this last verse. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And from this passage of Scripture and and a few others, I want to uh, talk about the conflict of purpose. So for the last few weeks, Pastor Wright has been uh, teaching on Thursday night about the will of God. Now, I'm sure this, what I'm about to say probably isn't a revelation to you, but I'm going to say it anyway. <clears throat> it's really important for us, especially when our pastor is teaching uh, or preaching, but when, he, when, when he's ministering, when the Word of God is being ministered from the pulpit, especially from our pastor, it's, it's, it's really important that we don't just hear the message. And if the Lord directs the pastor to teach on a subject for a multiple length of time, then it's then he's being led by the Spirit, 
And it's, it's imperative on our part to then take what he's been teaching and to examine it, to ponder it, to reflect upon it. Not, not, just, not just sit in, in, the, in the hearing of the word on Thursday night and then go home and go about what we're doing and then come back the next Thursday and hear part two and go home and go about whatever we're doing. If, if God is directing the pastor to, to dig into something, then he's doing that for a purpose. He's doing that for a reason. And, and, it's, and it's on us to then take that word and to digest it and to allow it, to, to take it and to personalize it and to say, okay, how... how what am I getting from that? What is, what, is, what, is, what is being spoken to me? Because I believe every time the man of God steps into the pulpit and he ministers, the Spirit of God is ministering to each one of us. And at any given time and any word that is taught or any word that is preached, God is ministering to every one of us. He may not be ministering the same thing to every one of us, the same thing could be said, but he may not be saying the same thing to everyone. And it is, and it is, on, our, it, it is on us to then take the word and to say, Lord, what are you trying to say? Amen. So I said all that to say this. One, that's what we ought to do. But that's how I got to what I want to talk about tonight. Okay? So I've been, I've been thinking about it. I've been, you know, I've been pondering. I've been taking what the pastor is talking about. He's talking about the will of God. He's been teaching us about the will of God and, 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 and uh, uh, to understand the will of God, to look for the will of God, to, to do the will of God, to have a better comprehension of what the will of God is and not so much what it's not, but maybe more than what we think have thought about it in the past. It's more than just, as Pastor Wright said, it's more than just these big things in our life, but every day the will of God is working in our life. And so I began to think about it, and I began to, to try to apply it and try to help it to do more in my life. And so as I began to think about the will of God, I then began to think about the purpose of God. And to be honest, at first, when I began to think about it, I felt like God was talking to me about it. At first, I, I felt like, well, the purpose of God and the will of God are the same thing. That was my first initial response to my thinking. Well, that's the same thing. The will of God and the purpose of God, that's just two different ways to say the same thing. And I thought about it, and the Lord spoke to me, and, you know, he kind of talks to me in a certain way and he's kind, you know, most of the time about it. And, you know, I'll come to a conclusion and he might say something like this. Are you sure? Well, it's kind of what it makes sense to me. Well, are you sure? What about this? Have you thought about this? And he begins to throw little thoughts in my mind. And so he started doing that, and the more I thought about it, and the more I kind of examined this and that and, and looked at it, 
I, I kind of changed my mind. I changed my mind and to the point that I, I don't know that the will of God and the purpose of God are the same thing. I, I believe that, the, that they're related. I believe that they're connected. I believe they're intertwined. But I, I don't necessarily think I can say that the will of God is, let me say this, no, yeah, that's the way I want to say it. I, I won't say that the will of God is the purpose of God. I'll explain that a little bit more as I go on, uh, but I, w- I want to talk about a conflict of purpose. So as I, as I thought about that, and to help me understand that, I, you know, God's given us the Word of God, the whole Bible, right? And He's given us the Word of God for a purpose. And we're talking about purpose, so, so why did He give us the Word of God? Why did He tell us, to, why do we read the things in the Old Testament? Why are the things written there that are written there? And I believe he talks to us. He tells us about David. He tells us about the kings. Actually, I just, uh, my, my daily, uh, I read my, the word in the morning uh, before I go to work. And right now I've been, I just finished up uh, Colossians, or not Colossians, Chronicles uh, this morning, the last chapter of the Second Chronicles. But I've, I've, been, I've been in that area of the word of God and reading about all the kings and everything that went on and the things that they did and the things how God worked in their life. But why does he tell us that stuff? Why is it there? Because he wants us to know history? I believe he tells us that stuff because there's stuff for us to learn. And so there's stuff for us to understand. We see how he worked in this person's life. We see how he worked in that life. And we see how this transgressed. And then we're supposed to take that and then personalize it, apply it to ourselves. So I began to think about people in the Word of God. I began to think about uh, the will of God in their life and the purpose of God in their life. And so I, I thought about Joseph. Joseph has a dream, has two dreams. And from the dreams that Joseph had, and because of the place of importance he had with his father there is a wedge that is created between Joseph and his brothers they didn't like their brother Joseph he was you know the young one he was daddy's favorite he was the dreamer he was probably Honestly, if you read a little bit about Joseph and you know some of your own siblings, you could kind of understand what his brothers felt. I had one of, no, I'm going to behave myself. <laughs> we can understand. So, so there's, there's a rift, if you will. So... So uh, Joseph goes out to see his brothers because dad sent him out there. And they're like, okay, okay, big boy, we got something for you. And so they, 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 they uh, take his coat 
you know. I think at first they, they were just going to mess with him. You know how things progress. You know, at first they're just going to mess with him. Things got a little bit going a little bit and got a little bit more and more, and they took his coat and they tore it up a little bit and they maybe bruised Joseph up a little bit, you know, and things got a little more, and finally they said, you know what? Let's just get done with this thing right now. We're just going to go ahead and take him on out. Send him to Jesus. They didn't know Jesus then, but that's what they were thinking. And the older brother, I think it was the older brother, said, no, 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 no. Let's not kill him. Let, let, let's, let's not go too far here. So they, they put him in a pit, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And along comes a caravan, you know, and one of the brothers say, well, let's just sell him. We might as well get a little something, something for our effort. So they sell him to this caravan, and off he goes down to, to uh, Egypt. They're done with him. They go home to dad. They take the coat. They, 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 they tell a tale. All is good. Joseph is on his way to a bad place. Joseph gets to Egypt. He gets on the auction block. He gets sold to Potiphar. He becomes Potiphar's number two guy. Well, really Potiphar's number one guy, but number two in the household. And man, all of this is going on. Well, then, then you know, the next thing happens and he finds himself in prison. And then after he finds himself in prison, some other things going on. So, so as I thought about all of that, I want to ask a question. Because I, I, I asked this question as I'm thinking about it. Each step on the journey that Joseph is on is each step the will of God. Was it the will of God? For his brothers to put him in a pit. Was it the will of God. For him to be sold into slavery. Was it the will of God. For Potiphar to buy him. Was it the will of God. For Potiphar's wife. To get eyes for him. You see, you see, you see, you see where I'm going. Yeah, I'm asking these questions. Were these things the will of God? I hear yeses and I hear noes. And that's where I'm at. I'm thinking, well, surely it wasn't the will of God for Joseph to be sold to Potiphar. That, that can't be the will of God. It can't be the will of God for Joseph to end up in prison. I mean, that can't be the will of God. And so the more I thought about it and the more I, I pondered it, I thought of this, this verse. This verse says, I didn't write it down, we all know it, I just don't, I can't quote where it's at. The Word of God says that the steps of a good man are ordered of God. 
Brother Middleton, do me a favor. You're holding the child, but stand up for me and walk around that section. The steps of a good man are ordered of God. Now, Brother Middleton is walking around that section. Brother Middleton, let me ask you this question. How many of those steps did you think about? The first one. You can stop walking. Thank you. You thought about the first one. But you didn't think about the next step, the step after that. You had a journey that you needed to take. And that those steps were ordered to get you around that section. So was every step needful? Was every step in the will of what you were doing? Yes. So if the steps of a good man are ordered of God and we can determine that Joseph was a good man, was it the will of God for Joseph to be put in a pit? Was it the will of God for Joseph to end up in prison? We don't want to say yes to that. Because it makes us think negatively about God because it implies that negative things are the will of God in our life. And we don't want that. We, don't, we can't comprehend that because God is good. God is not evil. So surely it's not the will of God for ungood things to happen in our life. So, so that I'm, you're getting a little insight on how my brain works. It's a scary place, isn't it? You should live there. And no, someone said, please not. So, so I thought about that. I, I thought about that. And so for me, the next logical question is this. How does Joseph maintain his integrity, how does Joseph maintain who he is along that journey? There's a lot we don't know about Joseph. There's a lot in that story that we don't see. We don't see the day-to-day activity. But here's what we do see. We see Joseph being put in the prison, I mean, being sold into Potiphar's house. Does he whine? Does he cry? Does he give up and die? No. He says, okay, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the best servant this guy's got. If I'm going to be here, there's there's not going to be anyone better than Joe. And Joe says, I'm going to be the best that he's got. And he gets to the place where Potiphar says, man, you're, you're the best I got. You're getting a raise. You're getting a promotion. I'm moving you up. He determined, I'm going to do the best. Okay, why? Why would he do that? Then he ends up in prison. He ends up in prison. And here's, we don't know a lot that went on, but here's what we do know. Joe decided, I'm going to be the best prisoner in the prison. 
I'm going to be the most dedicated. How can you be a dedicated prisoner? I have no idea. I'm going to be the most dedicated prisoner there is. What do you need, warden? I got you. Hey, buddy, you need some help with that? I got you. And Joseph becomes the best prisoner. Next thing you know, he's the vice warden. How does a prisoner become the vice warden? I have no clue. So what we do know is Joseph didn't quit. What we do know is Joseph gave everything he had into where he was and what he was doing. We, 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 we get a little glimpse, I think, of how Joseph could do that. If I have to put my coat in, it means I rambled too long. We, we get a little glimpse of Joseph or why Joseph could do that. Some insight when he speaks, when he reveals himself to his brothers. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. Now he is the number two guy in all of Egypt. He's done all of this great stuff. He saved Egypt from a famine. His brothers have showed up a couple times. And now he reveals himself and he says this to them. Genesis 50 and 19. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you thought, against, you thought evil against me. But God meant unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You see, there was a conflict of purpose in the life of Joseph. There was the purpose of his brothers, and there was the purpose of God. There was the purpose of Potiphar, and there was the purpose of God. There was the purpose of Potiphar's wife, there was the purpose of the jailer. There, were these, there was a purpose over here. And then there was the purpose of God. And somehow Joseph understood. Maybe it was the dream. I, I don't know. But somehow Joseph understood this. God has a purpose. And if I will allow him to lead and to guide, his purpose will be done. At any given time, Joseph had a choice to make. He could have quit. He could have been negative. He could have, he, he, there was also the purpose of Joseph and the purpose of God. There was a conflict of purpose. But see, the, the will of God are the steps that we take. Every day, God has a will for us. There's things that we find, the will of God, the will of God. They're the steps. They're, sometimes we don't even think about them. There was, this, there was a man who came to church, came to Antioch and visited Antioch some, sometime within the last 18 years. I know it was in the last 18 years because that's how long I've been here, and I talked to him. And he, he came, and we were talking, and he was talking to me about God working in his life. And if I can say it this way, I'm trying to say this as kindly as I can. 
he was under, I'm not saying it's wrong, it's just this is, apparently this is how it worked in his life, that God basically told him what was going to happen in his life every single day. Like, if it was Sunday service, God said, I want you to go to church over there, or I want you to go to church over here, or I want you to go to church over there. Wherever God told him to go to church that day, that's where he went. Okay, cool. God doesn't work with Jim like that. God doesn't tell me every single, he doesn't, when I'm walking with God, it's not like this. Where should I put the next step? Over here? Okay. What, what about the next step? Oh, over here? Okay. God doesn't work with me like, he might work with some like that. But that's not how he works with me. With me, he just says, walk. Okay. And I just start walking. And if I go to take a step that I'm not supposed to take, then he might trip me. Because sometimes I ain't listening. If I'm listening, he might say, wait a minute. But if I'm not listening, he knows I'm not paying attention, he'll just trip me. Thank God. Because there's a cliff right there that I didn't, wasn't paying attention to. But my point is the steps, the will of God every day. But in that will is to take me on this journey called purpose. Now, l- let me move on so this makes a little more sense. So then I, then I thought about Job. Oh, brother Job. Job chapter 1, verse 6 and 8. Verses 6 and 8. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also to the, among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence comest thou? Where are you coming from, Satan? And Satan answered the Lord. And he said, Ah, from going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down it. Okay. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth and escheweth evil. Now here's my difficult question. I'm going back to asking a hard question. Was that day, that dreadful day, in the life of Job, the will of God? Ten kids lost, all of his property, all of his possessions, all of his livestock, his house, everything but his wife. I am going to behave myself. Gone. Was that day the will of God. That's a hard question. 
I ask myself another question. Have you ever asked yourself this question when you read that? Every time I read that, I ask myself this question when I read those verses. Why would God ask that question of Satan? What was Satan doing when he was walking to and fro? He just said, I've been walking to and fro. What was he doing? Well, Peter tells us what he was doing. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's his purpose. That's the adversary's purpose. So, this, so Satan was out doing his purpose. He was out doing his purpose, walking to and fro. And he shows up in heaven. And God says, hey, what you been doing? I've been doing my thing. I've been going to and fro. I've been doing my purpose. Why on earth would God? Maybe you've never thought about that. But I kind of said, God... Why would you ask him that? Why would you say to him, oh, have you considered Job? Really? You couldn't have thought of a different question, God, than that one? Have you thought about Job? Because God knows what his purpose was. He knew what he was doing going to and fro. He was messing with folks. He was doing his thing. And he said, have you tried to do your thing with Job? Oh, no, I can't touch that boy. He said, I thought about it. I pondered it. I even imaginated it. <laughs> All of the good things I could do to him. Good to him, not good, but you know what I mean. I, I, I could do some stuff, but you got a hedge about him. Why would God ask the question? <laughs> because of his purpose. There was a purpose that God had for Job. That he couldn't fulfill with Job where he was. I don't know how all of that interacts. Could, could, we, we know the end of Job. We know that at the end of it, everything is a double. Twice what he had before. Couldn't God just give him twice what he had before? Before? Couldn't he? Sure he could. But for some reason he couldn't. And we don't know that. Maybe Job would no longer have been who he was, if God would have just given him what he needed to give him. Maybe he, he could not, maybe Job would have turned. I was reading, I told you, I've been reading the kings, and you read about this king and that king, and you read, I, you read about some of the kings, and some of the kings were just, they were just knuckleheads. Then you had some of the other kings, they were, they were good, but then as things got going better for them, next thing you know, not so good. Then there were some other ones. They weren't so good. Oh, his name just left me. 
He was, he, his dad was good. He came along. He was bad. And so the Lord said, let me hook you up. So he takes him down to Egypt with a nose in his ring. I mean, a ring in his nose. A ring, a nose in his ring. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> a ring in his nose. Joe, I forget who it was. I just read it this morning. Takes him down there. The brother repents. The Lord says, okay, let's take you back. You're good now. But my point is, there, you see these kings and they were good, but then they ended up bad. Maybe, maybe Joseph, I mean, I'm sorry, Job could not have, the purpose of God could not have been done. He couldn't have handled it. I don't know. We don't know that part of the story. But here's what we know. We know that God had a purpose for Job. He wanted Job to know him like he didn't know him before. He wanted Job, there was a purpose. So now we have this conflict of purpose. The purpose of Satan and the purpose of God. It's a conflict. And everything that Job went through. And then, then, there's, then there's the three friends. Maybe all of that, maybe all that Job went through had nothing to do with Job, but it had to do with his friends. He had a purpose because when they come out of it, they're changed. So maybe, maybe what Job went through was not just for Job, but it was the purpose of God for his buddies. We don't know all of that, but that we do know this. We know that there was God had a purpose. He had something that he needed to do. He had an end of a story, and the only way to get Job there was to ask Satan, have you considered Job? Conflict of purpose. I hear you. Okay, what's all they got to do with me? I'm getting there. Takes my mind a little while to work. I thought of Esther. I won't go into all of it. I'm just going to, real quick, I thought of Esther. Captive orphan queen. That's the path. Captive orphan queen. Was it the will of God for her to be a captive? Yes. Was it the will of God for her to be an orphan? Yes. Was it the will of God for her to become, wait, let's not go there yet. Was it the will of God for her to spend six months in this kind of purification and six months in this kind of purification before she could even see the king? Yes. All of those things were a part of the will of God. They were the will, each one of them, the will of God, the will of God, the will of God. We don't like some of those things. We don't like the fact that it was the will of God that she was in captivity. It wasn't so much for her. It was because of some other knuckleheads, but she was there. Her parents died. Her cousin becomes like a father to her. And so we, we see all this. Esther chapter 4, verse 14. just want to get to the end of this one. Esther 4 and 14. Mordecai, am I saying that right? My brain just swoop, skipped a step there. Uh, all of this is going on. Haman's going to kill the Jews. 
comes to her and says, hey, you need to go see the king. I can't go see the king. You don't understand. I know I'm the queen. I know he loves semester. But I can't just walk in there. If I just walk in there without him saying, come here, and he's not in a good mood, or he's not real thrilled that I'm there, and he doesn't raise that little stick in his hand, end of story. You can't just roll up in the house. This is what he says. This is what my cousin says. Okay. Esther 4.14. For if thou altogether holdeth thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom? For such a time as this. Mordecai says this. Let's, let's just get something straight. The purpose of God is to save his people. And that's going to happen. I just want you to know, sis, they're getting saved. Okay? Because he gave them a promise. He made this promise. Before they got their happy selves brought down here he told them when y'all figure out that I'm God and y'all need to listen I'm going to take you back where you need to go so the purpose of God was they, they were going to get saved Esther God's going to save them but maybe you don't know but maybe maybe you're an orphan maybe mommy and daddy were lost, and I became your guardian. Maybe you got put in as the queen. Maybe the reason you're, all of that happened because God had a purpose for you. It's your purpose to save Israel or the Jewish people. God has a purpose. His purpose is going to get done, but perhaps it's your purpose. The purpose of God in your life, Esther, to be the one that saves God's people. There was a conflict of purpose. Put yourself in her place. Oh, no. Have you looked at where I'm living? I was an orphan. I didn't have nothing. Didn't, couldn't rub two nickels together. Next thing you know, I got some really, really good spa stuff going on in my life. Got a medipedi and all that other stuff. And the king likes me. And now I'm the queen. And you want me to do what? You see, there's a conflict. There's the conflict of her, her desire, what she's, what's going on in her life. There's the conflict of Haman. And then, I'm sorry, there's the purpose of Haman, but then there's the purpose of God. So we have a conflict of purpose. So, how does all of that reflect, or how does that make sense, or how does that 
become practical to you and I. Because that's what, that's, I said, God, I see that. Okay, God, God showed all that stuff to me. Help me to see all of that. And, and I said, okay, God, that's cool. But what's that got to do with Jim? I asked him that. Okay, what, I, I, that, I see that, God, but what, what I, I need to relate that to me. John 10 and 10. Two more verses, almost done. John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and, and that they might have it more abundantly. Here's what I have concluded. I'll say it this way, okay? Here's what I have concluded about my life. I won't speak about you. Here's what I have concluded. After reading the different people, I could talk about others. I could talk about Stephen being stoned. Was that the will of God? I could talk about Saul. In the New Testament, I could talk about Saul. I could talk about all of the things that Saul did, all of the things that the, the persecution and all of the bad things that he did. And I could ask those same questions about Saul. All, you, you, you look at some people, look at some people in the word of God and kind of look at their life and the things that go on and think about the will of God and the purpose of God in their life. But. I've come to this conclusion in my own life. In every situation, from day to day, we are caught up in a conflict of purpose. Every day, the things that we go through, the situations that we find ourselves in, the negative and maybe even the positive, but we find ourselves in the midst of turmoil. We find ourselves in the midst of adversity. We find ourselves in, in things going on. We just came through this pandemic. Lord, I hope we're through it. We, 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 we're going all through all of that. But through all of that, I believe that what is going on at any given moment, all the time, is this conflict of purpose. The passage of Scripture I just read to you is what is in John 10, 10, I believe primarily is that conflict. We have the conflict of the thief, and we have the conflict of the Savior. The thief cometh in every situation, everything that we go through, the thief cometh, and in whatever circumstance we find ourselves, even the things that we call blessing, the adversary knows how to take a blessing, the thief knows how to take a blessing and steal from you in the blessing. We have a conflict going on. The, the, thief, the thief says, this is my purpose. My purpose is to do whatever is going on in your life, good, bad, or indifferent. My purpose is to find a way to steal from you, to kill you, or to destroy you. And whatever I can do to lead you to any one of the, in that direction, that's the, pur that's the purpose of the thief. And at the same time, the purpose of God 
is life and more abundant life. In every situation, in everything that's going on in our life, there's nothing that happens in our life. There's nothing that happens today. There's nothing that's going to happen tomorrow. There's nothing that's going to happen next week that God does not use or allow to bring about in our life His purpose. His purpose is life and life more abundant. And when he's talking about life, he's not talking about this life. He is talking about this life, in this life, but he's not talking about necessarily us being alive. He's talking about that, nat- that spirit. He's not talking about that natural life. He's talking about that spiritual life. The adversary is, is also coming after that spiritual. He wants to bring spiritual death, destruction, steal, kill, destroy. God wants to bring abundant life. And everything that happens in our life, as the steps are ordered, the adversary tries to take those same steps that are ordered in our life and bring about destruction. But God's purpose is to bring about life. And so you're saying, Brother Bob, what do, why are you telling all of this? Because I think it's important for us to understand. If we will somehow, somehow Joseph knew this. Somehow Joseph understood. All of this stuff that's going on, I can't, I can't personalize it. I can't say, woe is me. I have to understand that God gave me a vision. God gave me a dream. God said that something was going to happen in my life. I don't know that I understand it all, but I know that God is directing my life, and I trust that He knows how to do what needs to be done. And I believe in that revelation of understanding God's purpose. So if we understand that God's purpose is that we have life and we have life more abundantly, it really doesn't matter what is going on in our life. It doesn't matter. We, 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 we can get upset, we can feel bad, we can not like it, but if, if there's something in our brain that will may help us and in our spirit that will help us to stop and to remember, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. One more verse. Again, why, why is the Word of God written to us? Because there's things we need to know. Okay. One more verse. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I think this is a verse that we should memorize. And it's a verse that we should, on a very routine basis, remind ourselves of. God said to Jeremiah, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. If you'll allow me to change that last part to this, to give you a purpose, to bring you to an expected end, to bring you to a purpose. I know my thoughts toward you. 
God says, I, I know what I think about you. I know what I envision for you. I know what I imagine for you. I know what I want to do in your life. I know I have an expected end. In every situation that we, have, that we go through in our life, there's an expected end. We don't always know the expected end. Did Job understand the expected end? I doubt it. Did Joseph really understand the expected end? No. He did when his brothers showed up. I think it all came back to him. I believe it all made sense. That's what the dream was. That's what those two dreams meant. All of that. Here's the expected end. But God has an expected end for me and for you. And when the adversary, when the thief, when the enemy starts doing what he did to Job, and it doesn't have to be that drastic, I'm not saying that, but we feel like we're going through it. If we can remember, and we can hear God say, Jim, I know my thoughts toward you. I know that there are thoughts of peace and I know I want good things for you and I, I know that I have an expected end for you. And somehow I can look at where I'm at. I believe that David, David asks this question to his brothers, is there not a cause David understood. David had a glimpse of his purpose. We don't always get that glimpse. David was anointed king. There's a giant down in the valley. Word of God. I'm going to make you the king. Kind of still smell the olive oil. Kind of lingers a little bit, if you will. I'll go down. Hey, pick me. You can't go down there. You don't understand. You don't understand. There's this purpose. There's this purpose. You see, God said he's going to do this. And so this guy has no means of killing me. Because last time I checked, you're still the king. So I'm good to go. There was something in his mind. I don't know that it was that transparent to him, okay? It's, it's easy for me to say that now, but there was something there. There was something there that he knew this. God's got something he said he was going to do in my life, and I trust in that expected end. And so when we, you can stand with me, please. But the thief also... I'm going to say this. I just read where the, the word of God says, God said to Jeremiah, I know my thoughts toward you. The adversary, the thief, also has thoughts toward you and me. He also has 
an expected end for me and for you. That's why when God said, have you considered Job? He took the bait. You see, God really set Satan up. There's some stuff I need to do to Job, for Job. I need to bless him. I need to help him with some stuff. I need to show him some stuff. And I kind of need your help. If I tell you, you're probably not going to do it. Let's do this, because I know you. Have you considered Job? And Job said, yeah, I, I've got thoughts for Job. I've got thoughts. We know he had thoughts because he said, oh, you got this hedge about him. So he'd been thinking about some Job. Just like he's been thinking about you and me. Not because we're all that important, but because we are important, because we're his children. We're his people. We're of his pasture. And so an attack and an affront on us is an attack and an affront on who he is. So all, what, what all of this helped me to understand is if I will hear what Pastor Wright is teaching about the will of God, and I will try to allow that to become an impartation in my life as he's teaching us about the will of God and, and those things. And I, I begin to, let's be honest, sometimes when we start looking at the will of God, we realize that maybe there's some things that come up then because we're trying to know the will of God, some things come up and, and we say that might not be in the will of God. And we struggle because we don't necessarily want to push that thing away or not follow that thing. There's that conflict, the conflict of the purpose of God, the conflict of my purpose. That's part of it too, right? And the conflict of the purpose of the thief. But then if I can remember that he has a purpose and that his will are the steps that take me on the journey of his purpose. And so if I will just walk in his will, I don't even have to know the purpose. I just know his thoughts for me. I don't have time to go into this. Part of me thinks because the will of God is active. I look at my life and I look at a lot of things that have happened in my life and at different places, it was the will of God for me to be and do different things. I believe that. Uh, and, 
And I don't know that necessarily I've necessarily completely come to the place of the purpose of God in my life. I, I, what I'm saying is I don't know that the ultimate purpose of God, the ultimate purpose of God is to be like him. That's the first verse we read. All of the things that happened in the life of Jesus, it said Jesus was manifested. The Son of God was manifested. All of the things happened in the life of Christ. Why? For the purpose of destroying the things of the devil. That was ultimately the purpose. That's why the Son of Man... That's what the writer there says in 1 John. That's why all of that happened. Now, we can say a lot of other things, but it says this is the purpose. This is why. Because I want to destroy the adversary or the works of the adversary. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your will and your purpose, God. Lord, I thank you for the understanding that you have a purpose for my life in everything that goes on, in every circumstance, every situation. Tomorrow, whatever comes down uh, into my life, around my life, through my life, if I can trust in your purpose, then everything that happens works for the good to them that are called to the purpose. Lord, if I can just understand your purpose, you, your thoughts toward me. You have an expected end. That doesn't change what I might be going through, but it helps me to understand how I feel about those things. I don't, I don't allow the adversary to steal my joy because I'm in a tough situation. I don't allow the adversary to kill my peace because of what I'm going through. I don't let the thief do that because I understand that you have a purpose. Lord, I ask you to allow this to be more than just words to me as you've been speaking to me about this last little while. Lord, but allow it to be something that, that it becomes fundamental in my life. And Lord, it helps me to understand and to grow and to walk closer to you. Lord, and I would ask, Lord, across this uh, congregation tonight that you would allow your this seed, this word to speak to each one of us in a way that it is helpful and needful to each one of us to understand the conflict of purpose that's going on in our life and desire and to determine that the purpose of God will prevail in our lives. We thank you for it. We praise you and we magnify you. We ask you to go with your people Keep them, draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen.